0: Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema. And if I may, if I may, I mean, Sean has just done a picture quiz. and have just spoken about Stanley Tucci and it's a bit of like a tribute to Stanley Tucci because we've heard that he's ill. And if I may, uh, my name is Tosin. I am the host of the show. I live up in a place called Bromsgrove in the middle of the country. And I would like to dedicate this episode of this show to um, a guy called Matthew Mills. Now, Matthew Mills was the first sort of key worker of for my daughter when we went to nursery, when we took her to nursery. And just before Christmas, we found out that he had died the night before my daughter was oh, supposed to go into nursery. Yeah. Yeah. He was only 22. He apparently suffered from asthma and he had an asthmatic attack and didn't make it to the hospital. And, oh, um, uh, yeah, it, it was his funeral today. And I'd just like to say to Matt Matt was he's a guy who, um, He's a guy who, essentially, before I went to before I took a dozer into nursery, I was racked with, should we even be doing this? Oh my god, I don't want to have to hang around weird people. Who? What kind of weird person wants to spend all day hanging around somebody else's kid? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. And and that, I was thinking that. And the, but then meeting Matt and seeing like you know the kind of love he showed my daughter and everything like that it just kind of like put me at ease. And it's one of those things where it still doesn't sound right to say that he's gone. But um, Matt, wherever you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. Oh, that's a- Hopefully, that's not too, too much of a downer to start the podcast off on. Um, but I would, uh, uh, joining me as usual, and being, being a downer, having a downer being put on them by myself on the Isle of Wight is Sharon Boland. Hello. And Sean Harris. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so after a couple of after a couple of lean weeks where people have just left the runway free for Avatar to do its thing and Avatar to take off, we now have a bit of a bumper week where we have four films to talk about. So we are going to try and run through them. We're not going to tell you what they are if you want. If, if well, they in the description of this podcast. If you listen to the podcast on audio, if you're watching this online. You can see it. It's there. <laughs> if you're watching the line, just look at the description on you, on Facebook. It tells you what films it is that we're watching. But um, we are going to kick off straight away. And we're going to kick off in cinema, as is I want, where we usually, where we usually start off. And we're going to start off with I Want to Dance with Somebody. So, Sharon, you and Sean have both seen this. But, Sharon, if you could please yes. tell us a little bit about I Want to Dance with Somebody. Your five minutes start now.
1: Right. This is a film biopic, um, as we've become quite familiar with over the last few years following in the thing in the footsteps of A Bohemian Rhapsody mm. and Rocket Man. Mm. And there's another one that's just gone out of my head. But there's been a few lately. And this is a biopic of the life of Whitney Houston. And if you're like me, I knew exactly four things about Whitney Houston. I knew that she sang, I Want to Dance with Somebody. I knew that she starred in the film, The Bodyguard. I knew that she had an interview with Oprah Winfrey where she said, crack is whack. And I knew that she died in the bath. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> so I went to see this film because a friend of mine was a huge fan of Whitney Houston. And she said, oh, can we go and see that? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> okay, so we went along. So this is it starts off with Whitney as a teenager. Basically, she's in a choir. Her mum, oh, Sissy Houston, was a famous singer in her day. Um, sort of like a Motown-type singer, and she had a choir, um, a proper gospel choir, and she'd heard, you know, she noticed, obviously, that Whitney had a voice, and so she was doing backing singing, and this was when, at the time, when she was just trying to uh, find her own space, and mm. so you see her, Whitney, you stop meeting Whitney as a teenager, when she starts to basically be talent-spotted, and then she meets the character played by Stanley Tucci who says yes the, she has something and we're going to sort of do something with this this girl and then you basically chart her her life and her musical successes and as her sort of musical sort of <coughs> successes sort of rose in some ways to her like personal life the um, so one was in the ascendancy, and the other one became sort of like started to descend. So mm. you see that when she was a teenager, she used to smoke um, cannabis with her friend. Um, I had no idea about her sort of sexuality, or even though there was questions about her sexuality, but it makes it clearer in this film that yeah, that she did have um, a close relationship with another woman. Um, that they lived together, and uh, that they were you know intimate, in romantically involved with each other. Um, and you see that, but how it was kept secret so that she could become like an you know, America's sweetheart type figure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm how, thinking, I, I thought I knew quite a bit about Whitney Houston. I did not know that. <laughs>
1: uh, so I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea about that. And then you see how, basically, how she had successes sort of start, you know, coming with she had hit singles, she has these television appearances. Um, but she also gains a bit of a reputation for being, you know, uh, as she says, not obedient enough, not, you know, not not feminine enough because she would not, you know, take any nonsense from anyone. And part of that was she got criticism from the black community, for not basically being black enough that, yeah. in terms of her music, that like she yeah. was a bit too pop to be, you know, mm. like a, a real black singer. But, but that's and a she was really like
2: good, saying, that's a really good scene. Actually that, that radio scene. There's a I good think thing that was a really, yeah, really, really yeah. good scene. Hmm.
1: And then you follow her successes where, you know, she is making millions and millions of, dollars who has every success um but she has got that this sort of, then she meets bobby brown this sort of young and up and coming sort of hip-hop singer um who correct gives her a little bit of like an edge and um and but parallel to this you also see the fact that her domestic life is becomes more that she is relying on drugs to get her through some of her high performances but to replace that energy she gets from the audience she uses drugs to replicate that high um, and how ultimately all these things come to a crescendo, and the fact that her misuse of drugs had led to start affecting her voice, and it ultimately led her to making some poor choices that ended up in her death. So they scout, they do sort of. You see her in the bathroom on the night that she died, but then it sort of shies away from the actual what happened. Mm-hmm. So um, I only know what I Heard broadly that you know, she was in the bath and that she'd had drugs in her, in her system. So for so me, I it was a bit even, of an eye opener. I, I didn't I, even
2: know like, that. I didn't even know what I, I thought she was still about.
1: So I'll let you come in a minute uh, and yeah, come thanks. in on this shortly <laughs> yeah. so you can <laughs> have good. your input as well. Mm. Um, so I found it interesting. I didn't know much about it. I got the feeling, though, uh, that they had probably sanitized quite a lot of her life. Yeah, um, because there was no mention of the, the 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 whack the crack is whack interview was not meant for him. They referenced that she was going to have an interview with Oprah, but you didn't actually see any of that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the only bit I knew was like oh you know crack is whack. I'd never used crack. Blah blah blah. There was no reference to that in there other than they're setting her up that she's going to sing for Oprah and there she's going to have this interview. Um, they she, they see musical performances throughout the film. I didn't know any of the songs apart from the, the really big ones. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. It was a bit of an eye-opener, but I got the feeling that they probably concealed as much as they revealed in this film. So yeah. I see what you th- Tell me what you think about it as well, Shaunie.
2: Wow, okay. You really want to know. I, I, like I, I was like you, Sean. I didn't know much about her. I was aware of it at the time. I wasn't into that sort of music. I didn't know. I didn't even know much about it. I saw this because I thought, well, we need to see something extra, and the timings were really, really good. And I was absolutely blown away by it. I thought it was the most... Uh, not so much all the back of the scene but the singing the singing <laughs> I tell you I've never I've never had a gamut of motion. I was crying leading through songs I didn't know and when, oh, they, wow. did the, when they did a the Super Bowl performance which is what yeah. I knew her for more than anything yeah I there was just two old ladies they were laughing at me because I was streaming tears so really um, that yeah, surprises
1: I was. me because I, I wasn't I, moved to the slightest no I <laughs> was I was
2: not absolutely blown away my musical
1: ear yeah. no
2: I've, I've been listening to that all day i've been listening to stuff all day i've been looking about whitney this yeah. for me was she's absolutely yep i mean i do like that high-pitched sort of singing i mean i like you know like the spaghetti western soundtracks when you have those big sopranos they do those big voices oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, loud voices um so yeah i was i was you you wouldn't believe me you wouldn't believe me how many how much tear i was absolutely you know like when you things stir you i was sat I was going to say this to Sharon. I was going to tell you, but I didn't want to, I was like, I just wanted to say, oh I wasn't man. I was going to laugh at you. No, no, I know. So, but yeah, I mean, the, the, some of the songs I know, like, no, 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 I can't do that. No, living, no, living no, no way. And I, was, so I was living without was, you. That Whitney, and even, it drove me mad at the time, the song from The Bodyguard. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. I even that I even brought tears. Believe it or not, that and I'd hated that song when it came out. I absolutely.
1: You're making me feel like I'm a hard-hearted. No, woman. you're not. You're not. <laughs> I did no, not. Like, I was like not that. moved no, by no. any of the music at I all. I was, but I
2: think I think <laughs> I, that's purely a surprise because I was going uh, in with really, really low expectations. I thought, oh wow, this will be this will be the, the. I mean, the Bobby Brown bit I found a little bit like when it was all that business. I, I didn't like that, but for the actual well, I, I did like it, but I just thought, oh, come on, get on with the singing, get on with the singing. I mean, <laughs> she was, she was, she, what? and I okay, think, okay, uh, I mean, I had a look at that Dennis Norton, Dennis Norton, is it Dennis Norton does the interviews with the actress who played whoever it was, the actress. She's named oh, Graham, Graham, yeah, Graham Norton, Graham Norton. Graham Norton, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and, and Naomi Aki. Na- yeah.
0: Na- <laughs> Na- Naomi Aki <laughs> plays, um, plays yeah. Whitney Houston in this, yeah. And, and I think she I didn't know she was English. No. Oh, no well, yes, I, yes, had,
2: yeah. I had this play, because I get into... To work early, sometimes I, I, had, I, had the, um, the, uh, I had some Whitney music playing, and so they and said, "Oh, that's not Whitney Houston singing now." And I was like, "What, really?" I thought because yeah, she was saying, "Was she miming or was she actually singing?"
0: Oh, it's, you know? it, the, yeah. it's a yeah. mixture, I think. Yeah, it's it, it's a mixture. And Naomi Aki herself said that it's mostly recordings the of early Whitney Houston stuff. Yeah, it's mostly because of Whitney Houston because Uh, the truth is Whitney Houston had a voice of a generation. Like, mm. it's the kind of person where people said you had Aretha Franklin and then you had Whitney Houston. And since Whitney Houston, you've had, they think Mara Carey might have gotten a little bit close, but honestly, Whitney Houston is, when you talk about, you know, being driven to Mm. tears and I know that there have been quite a few good documentaries about Whitney Houston that have been made that talk about, like, explore her relationship with Black America, for instance, and Mm -hmm. how... The, when she had that Super Bowl performance and like she sang the Star Spangled Banner. I nearly and, stood up. I nearly yeah. <laughs> stood up. I nearly—I swear I was this close to standing up and putting my
2: hand on my well, heart.
1: Oh, no, but, that, give really, really, over. really, never moved. did.
2: No, no, no. I, well, I, I'm a real america file, so I'm yeah. oh, wow. I not we, we, we know I'd, this about And that Super Bowl, I remember that. I remember that from like 98. I remember Buffalo Bills, Giants. And when she sang that, and it was like, oh, and like, I remember my dad saying, wow, that's the best rendition of the American national anthem I've ever heard. So well, it we, we know we know it Sean moved me that much.
0: <laughs> we know Sean is pretty much a cowboy, all right. We know, Sean is <laughs> Sean is pretty much a cowboy, but it, it, it is yeah, but if, I mean, even that song, like, because a lot of black people in America, because of the history of American slavery and everything like that, they have a very very complicated relationship with that national anthem. Oh, because well, do they, I, see, I didn't uh, know they, that they, yeah. they have a massive complicated relationship. And it, and the point where Whitney Houston sang the Star Spangled Banner and gospeled it up that was when I I think there was a lot of black Americans who were kind of like oh good lord now okay maybe there is something in there for us maybe Mm. maybe we are part of this and all that so okay this is all well and good now this is a film that I because obviously I have like limited time on which I can watch stuff and I have Mm. to and I thought okay this is going to be a musical biopic and quite frankly I am not a fan of musical biopics because they all follow the same structure they follow the same thing you know what's going to happen and you've watched one you've watched them all just replace the main person so what did you guys think about it how many stars did you give it was i wrong to not have this as one of the things i was going to watch there might be different there might be different answers to this but i think i think you would have enjoyed it i mean for me
2: i've seen biopics the only the last biopic um i saw was which i thought was really moving was um the one about uh your jury i can't remember what it was called but that was on so but, yeah, no, I mean, some of the biopics, I think, I don't know, like that Rocket Man and, like, Baby Max, I don't know. That was more – this film, for me, was more about the music than – than. and, I mean, it's it's made – give me a really big appreciation of Whitney. And, as I said, I've been playing all day, you know. All right.
0: Good stuff, and good yeah. stuff. So, so the fil- so, film's does something good. Oh, also, you saw Elvis. Elvis was another biopic. Isn't Elvis, yes. Elvis yeah, is the other
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so, that's
2: okay. one that escaped me. Okay, so, so Sean, how many stars? Okay, well, from an, emo- an from a emotional standpoint, I would give this five stars, but I think because of some of the other stuff, and I think, I think it's going to have to be a four, because, I mean, there were a few issues in it. But so good old Stanley did his glass trick, which I love what he does in his <laughs> with, his, with, his, with his three fingers, and he goes, he takes his, if you, in his films, if you notice, he takes his glasses off a certain way with one, this sort of, I can't do it with this finger, but he sort of has this finger here so yeah and and he
0: was all right in this <laughs> Bless him. yeah okay for, for those of you who do not know sean has a particular vendetta against stanley tucci <laughs> not which, anymore yeah no, <laughs> not, not anymore because obviously there's bad there's unfortunate things happening in his life so sean is calling a truce but uh but yeah but i think that's just the way because he has this tv he has this cooking program on bbc where he goes around italy cooking food and um and i think that's just the way he takes his glasses off <laughs> quite frankly okay sorry sharon
1: uh, well, as as someone who is not, that's not my sort of music. So I, I, in some ways, I can appreciate some of it, but it, it, it largely leaves me quite cold, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I wasn't moved by the music. I, I find it interesting. Um, it's as yeah, an interesting film to sort of say, to say, show, tell me things about her I didn't know, um, I think, because, again, I have this sort of, belief that there's probably a lot that they haven't they weren't there wasn't that was left out yep, so yep, yep. for me it was it was a three it was a three it was a good it was all right <laughs> but yeah it's not my music it hasn't converted me to listening to that type of music i'm not a fan of that sort of singing or mariah singing or beyonce singing or that type of you know let's i've got four octaves so i'm going to put every single one of them in every single song i'm not into that um so yeah for me it was it was three
2: yeah, okay. I think it I think it's quite funny, you know, because I listen to like well not all the time, but sometimes I listen to like sopranos. And I don't know if it's if it's a male thing or female thing, but my sister doesn't like it. My mum doesn't like that type of singing. And you know, it's really good. And yet to me it's it really, really I don't know, it does something to me, you know. I mean I think it what comes from those spaghetti spaghetti westerns where it's like, oh, what?
0: Well, look, like, I, I think Whitney Houston had a brilliant voice. I think she had yeah, a brilliant definitely. voice. Andrew, I, feel, I think that there's very few people who could who could match. No, mm. actually, yeah, there's very few people who could even get close to matching her. But um, but um, but I do know that it is a... Some people do not like that sort of soul, R&B mm. thing, and that's okay. So, let's move on, C- because... T-tose. can I just yes. ask you, I know we've been on this a
2: little bit a long time, but <coughs> what's feedback been from the movie? What's the general... General, have you looked at all of
0: general? And, uh, the general feedback, I think, is, is it, it has just backed up what I thought. It's a musical biopic, it's going to go through the whole thing. <laughs> you're going to have the you're going to have the bit where they were young and they started singing, you're mm. going to have the bit where they get discovered, you're going to have the bit where somebody exploits them. But, but, you're going but, to but have I mean, has it, double, has it, yeah, has the it, it as good reviews? Has it as good reviews generally? Uh, generally speaking, I think probably about three out of five. It's probably right, so right. like middle of the road things, which quite frankly. I don't think a musical biopic could go higher than that, unless you do something no. like an Elvis, which apparently was just mad. I still <laughs> still haven't seen Elvis. <laughs> so yeah, but, but from what I hear, the performance of Naomi Aki is really mm. is good. What would you guys that's, say about that? That's
2: what I did. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I mean. That's The rest of the film is probably it, but the, the actual music, well, it sort of certainly stirred something in me, certainly All did. All right.
1: Yeah, she certainly, the, the, I don't know much about her, so every yeah. now and then I was trying I to didn't. see a likeness. So I'm I was thinking I don't quite see the likeness, but um, every now and then something like a turn of the head or uh, a movement. I was thinking, yeah, that reminds me of the little I knew I, that I, yeah. that does say so, Whitney. So I, I thought, you know, from what I, my, my little knowledge was like, yeah, it's quite well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there was a thing on YouTube because I've been looking at YouTube where they're actually comparing. They've got like a split screen. Yeah. the performance that that one was singing no 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 living with it. yeah yeah, I yeah. Didn't know, you know i didn't really know any of those songs cuz when she was out i was like oh, I'm not interested in Whitney, Whitney. Whitney. <laughs> so yeah so but that they they've got them actually compared and it's like the same performance you know she's in that black black suit and it's like the same performance yeah so mm. well I, I don't know it was some um, obviously a later one but
0: yeah All right. Okay, cool. So we have to move on. We have to move on. Even though I can see Sean's getting all emotional again and still wants to keep talking (laughs) about this, we do have to move on. So if not, we will be here for a while and we only try and give ourselves an hour (laughs) both (laughs) to record this and for you to listen to this because who wants to listen to us prattling for longer than that? But now we go over to Netflix and Friends and the first thing that we're going to talk about is mammals. Now, this is James Corden back on TV, back in scripted TV after his stint in America hosting the Late Late Show, or the Late 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 Show. I can never remember what happens with all these late-night talkers in America. How many do there are? <laughs> I, uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know what the difference is between all of them, honestly. I don't know. I, I, I just don't understand it. But, Jeff Gordon went out there, became stupidly successful. He had his carpool karaoke and all that kind of stuff. And this is him back um, doing something dramatic, doing something that's scripted. It's called Mammals. It's on Amazon Prime. It's scripted by a guy called Jez Butterworth, who... No, okay, and this is, the, I keep forget. I keep mixing up Jez Butterworth with Jed Mercurio because Jed Mercurio writes Line of Duty. Jez Butterworth is the playwright who wrote things like Jerusalem and works a lot with Mark Rylance. So, this is the playwright, Jez Butterworth. Mm-hmm. And he is known for writing, like, you know, really, really highly acclaimed things and all that. <laughs> and this is him working with James Corden. And James Corden is actually quite a good actor because if you get away from his now his his public persona which is like you know him being a talk show host and everything like that and it seems to be the done thing to just yell at james Corden and say how rubbish he is but (laughs) but james Corden is actually a good i saw him on stage in one man two governors really good guy and in this he plays a chef i can't remember the names of anybody in this thing he plays a chef and you meet him with he and his wife are driving down to the coast somewhere in the uk for a for a um uh, for a holiday She's pregnant. Um, she's pregnant. She's French, and he's and they're driving down there for like a holiday. Everything is supposed to be a baby moon before the baby arrives, and he's getting there we got to get in there because we're going to see the we're got to see the sunset. We're going to see the sunset, yeah. And he uh, he gets there, jumps into the hot tub to see the sunset with his wife, and then she calls him and says something's wrong. The next thing is that they go to the hospital. They have bad news but while he's at the hospital and he has bad news he has her phone and he receives a text on her phone that makes him start questioning everything about his relationship and everything about his marriage and what actually has been going on so it follows on with and i'm not sure whether i'm not sure whether it's a spoiler to tell you exactly what it is he finds on the text but let's say that this show starts in exploring things about infidelity And it starts exploring things about infidelity and about what that means and about how he and his wife got together in the first place because he looks like James Corden. And I cannot remember the lady's name, but she's a French actress who looks a bit like a model, quite frankly. And so it's like, how did this thing work? How do these two guys go together? Um, And you also get to meet his sister, played by Sally Hawkins, and her husband, played by Colin Morgan. And you have Sally Hawkins who has, oh, yeah, I just remembered, there's this really, really weird thing that Sally Hawkins does where she escapes into like a a literary world, a literary fantasy world that and okay, I'm just gonna, gonna say that the Sally Hawkins bit makes no sense to me. I don't understand why Sally Hawkins is in this <laughs> show. Because <laughs> that I, I think it's supposed to be artistic but i don't know where it gets the the way the show goes on is supposed to be like you know an artistic thing of oh let's have a look at like you know fidelity and what that means and whether it means anything to issue whether it means anything to actually like you know only sleep with one person or to be build to one person for the rest of your life a lot of it some of it i thought was dramatic tosh Quite frankly, I thought, you know, when somebody writes something and they write it because they're expecting you to feel like this is artistic or they're expecting you to feel like this is profound. And I'm like, no, it isn't. This doesn't make any sense. This is not. And where this show ends, the final scene of this show is just such a head scratcher. And it's the kind of thing where I've gone online to see where people sort of like try and explain what the final scene of this show means and everything like that. And this may be terrible. This may be just me sort of like, we're projecting my own things but you know when it is when you i always think of university students and you have like imagine if there's a university student who deliberately walks around with a scarf and a beret, and they're walking around say oh no no you see what they're trying to say here is that the the human condition is and i feel like those are the kind of people who are trying to explain this show and are trying to say uh, this show actually means something this one is actually saying something profound and i don't have anything against well well I mean, it's okay if you're that kind of person, but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. I find it pretentious. I'd, I'd, uh, and there was a lot of this show that I just kind of thought, why? It. I mean, it was quite... It's been a couple of months it's been out now. It had quite a bit of hype when it released because it's just Brotherworth, because it's James Corden. I didn't really think it deserved that. I thought that the story was quite slight. I thought that the... It has maybe about three scenes that move the story along. The rest of it, I think, is just treading water. I think it's about six six episodes. I would give it a three out of five. And if you wanted to watch it, go ahead. Um, there's a lot more spoilerific stuff I can talk about. And I think it's the kind of thing that you could sit down and you could say, do you think that... like Let's say you guys watched it, right? And we would sit down and I would, my question would be like, do you think that that worked? What do you think about that? Do you think this And I just don't think it held itself well together. Don't think it was worth the hype, and I would give it a three out of five. So I still think James Corden's a good actor, but this was a weird show. (laughs) Right, and now we go back to cinema, and oh my God, it's me again. So (laughs) we're going to talk about Matilda, the musical. Ah. So yes, Matilda, the musical. Now, roll (laughs) out. You, I mean, ha, okay, Sharon. You must have read Matilda the book.
1: No, You've it came out P- when I was grown up, so I had never read it as a child. It was one of those that period of books that happened when I was like a teen, and well, so well, because they were children's, but I, and I've never since gone back and read Matilda.
0: Oh, but, okay, but you must have read some Roald Dahl.
1: Oh yeah, I've read *Charlie and the Chocolate Factory* in his early stuff. Yeah.
0: Oh, so have you read any of it since you were an adult? No oh wow okay okay none of this is actually the review I'm just intrigued but <laughs> so Matilda I might it,
1: do uh, it's one of those I do sometimes I go, I go back and revise thinking I've never read the Womble books so I've gone and read all the Womble books just because you know I like to fill in those gaps in my knowledge but so yeah I may go back and revisit Roldal's that catalog
0: all right cool Sh- Sean did you ever see it
2: what Matilda yeah I, I saw. It, I went on a school trip to New York and saw it in the saw saw it in the. Uh,
0: oh, you saw oh, the saw stage
2: the, show. Yeah, I saw the stage show. Yeah. In New York. In New York, yeah.
0: Oh wow! Okay, cool. So, so- yeah, it was
2: just just before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so yeah, yeah. I went to see. Went to see. Um, and I went to. Uh, it was with it with a dr- school trip with a drama trip, and um, we did like, like a couple of workshops. We did because I always remember there was like a stage combat work shit oh. with like when people get older, of your head you know what i mean and oh yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah. i've, I've done I got a little was. video of it somewhere of the, of the thing not not of material there but yeah the because you couldn't but yeah yeah so um oh, oh. That's okay, great.
0: cool. So I've wasted about two minutes of this already. Sorry if you just Thanks. sorry if you, sorry if you clicked on YouTube to watch the review of Matilda and I haven't said anything yet. So this is based on the book by Roald Dahl, which was turned into a film in the '90s with with um, Danny DeVito. And um, this then it was turned into a musical by Tim Minchin. Tim Minchin wrote the songs for for Matilda. And that musical, that stage musical that Sean saw in New York, has now been turned into a film. And it, it, the the plot of Matilda is basically that. Um, the, the film starts off and it starts off with a shot of a baby and the first song has the, the opening lines are my mom he says I'm a miracle and mm-hmm. there's all these babies singing about how like you know that how, how, how lovely it is that the parents think and what the parents thought when they were born then he cuts to Matilda's mom who sat there pregnant in a chair and the doctor is saying oh um I'm sorry but you're having a contraction she's like no I'm not having a contraction contraction is for pregnant women and then she's in total denial of the fact that she's having a baby that eventually she's she has to have this baby she has the baby and then the dad uh, so the mom is played by Andrea Risebro, the dad is placed by stephen graham and this is stephen graham in like usually he plays like he he does quite intense roles and this is him in he's having that whale of a time he shows up at the hospital with the balloon saying it's a boy and the doctor is like congratulations here's your baby girl he's like no, it isn't. It's my. Bo- it's, it's, it's a son. He's like, no, no, it's, you've got a daughter. He's like, but the balloon says it's a boy. It, it, it's a boy. And so you get the idea that Matilda through her whole life. This is almost kind of like, you know, the proto-Harry Potter. Like, her parents don't want her. She is an inconvenience to her. They keep her up in the attic, even though the house is quite lavish. And it's set in the 80s. It's quite lavish in an 80s way. Like, everything is too big. Everything is sort of gold-plated. But she stays in this attic bare thing where there's just bare floorboards and all that kind of stuff in the in the in the loft and she, but it turns out that she's quite smart. So she spent a lot of time in the library, reading a lot of books. She can, she knows a lot more than you would think. Her parents have refused to send her to school because they just forgot about it. And then the school shows up and says, oh, we think Matilda should come to the school. She goes to a school called Crunchum Hall that's run by uh, somebody called Mrs. Trunchbull, and Mrs. Trunchbull hates kids. That's that's it. She's kind of like you know the headmistress from Hell, and it's all about what Matilda does when she gets to the school and how she more or less starts a revolution at the school against Mrs. Trunchbull. While at the same time, we're discovering who like we're finding almost like a coming of age thing. But at the same time, she has telekinetic powers. So <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on. But this is a heck of a lot of fun. I mean, there's a. I mean, okay, we we I think Sharon, and you, Sharon, you and I, we love film musicals. I know, Sean, you have certain yes. ones that you like. Yes. Yep. And and for ages, they have they have been they have been attempts to bring a film musical back. Like La La Land or to uh, to update a film musical. You have you've got La La Land, they did the one with the producers, you had the greatest showman, and mm. even though the, Serrano. These were, Serrano, yeah, Serrano. Which I and, liked. Yeah, and uh, but a lot of them when I've watched them I've always felt this isn't quite gelling the way like you know a 1950s musical gels Mm. like there's something that doesn't quite work here where they switch into song it doesn't feel natural Where there's something about the way the film looks that doesn't feel right Uh, even as much as I've liked some of these films and this is the first musical I've seen in absolute ages where I've thought yes this works it goes, it flows, this works really, really well. Matilda and the musical and everything works really well. The songs are brilliant. The performances are great with Lashana Lynch as Mrs. Honey. With um, with uh Emma Thompson plays Miss <laughs> Emma Thompson plays Mrs. Mrs. Trunchbull, and you can see that she's uh, This is a theme. She's having a whale of a time. Emma Thompson is just loving being terrible to all these children. <laughs> it is amazing, and I would recommend Matilda. I think the I think Matilda musical is great. I'll give it four out of five stars. I would say go watch it if it's still a, if it's still there because I know I think we caught caught one of the last showings, and I'm I may have a particularly. Um, uh, like a particular emotional connection to this because I took my daughter it was the first time mm. i took taken my daughter to the cinema uh. to go see the film and she we didn't have to leave the cinema she sort of like sat down whenever they were singing whenever they were singing and dancing she was just kind of like rapture, just looking at the screen. <laughs> Once it started talking, she was like, daddy, mommy, like, I was like, get them singing again. Why have they stop singing? <laughs> and, and I think the singing, the dancing numbers, the kid performers. Oh my God. There's one particular number that they do where the camera moves around and everything like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shall i put it this way. If you gave me a chance of saying, which is the better film musical, this or West side story, for my money, it's Matilda the Musical. I prefer Matilda the wow. Musical to West Side Story because I thought wow. I thought the same problem with the new West Side Story, which was that there was something about it that didn't quite gel as a film musical. So, yeah, four stars for Matilda the Musical. And now we go back to Netflix and Friends, and this is Sean with All Quiet on the Western Front. You've been waiting a couple of weeks to talk about this, haven't you? Yes,
2: yes. So, yeah, okay, so the story, it's about this... Uh, uh, Young boy, young German lad. That, that the war's going on, obviously. And he lives in this idyllic German village, which is, you know, just like you would think, you know, just typical like woo, woo, German. And and um, anyway, and he's sort of him and his friends. They're all really, really excited to to join up. So they volunteer to join. And then obviously, um, they end up on. They end up fighting. They end up with a bit of trench warfare. They're, there's there's a few battle scenes and things happen. They lose some people. He goes back home on on leave to, but of course things are not the same. Things are not the same. He's like, uh, you know, ever, things are totally different, and he can't wait to get back to join his friends, even though mm. the, even though it's horrific and it's horrible, he still goes. <laughs> so, the war sort of done something to him. He's got some. He got his granddad asking him all about, you know, what's going on. And he doesn't really want to talk about it. So he goes back, and then there's a lot more a lot more fighting i guess a lot more stuff in the trenches you know they take trenches they find stuff they so a typical like most world war one movies you know quite anti-war so it's, it's world the... war
0: one it's world
2: war one yes yeah. so it's trench yeah. warfare yeah um and yeah so uh one of his friends loses a leg so you, so you, there's a few scenes in there where you know you've got the hospital scenes where there's a lot of lot of injuries a lot of lot of death and, and um you know, and then you've got the the mud. It's just and the no man's land with so just like 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 I don't know like nineteen seventeen or War Horse or any of those. It's a, uh, I mean, what else is? I mean, with World War One, it wasn't like big sweeping cavalry charges and massive. was pretty much a, a slugfest. You know, they were just like first know, the, couple of months of the only the first couple of months. Slug. Yeah, yeah so that's after right. After that, it was
1: yeah, yeah, they didn't move.
2: So yeah, um, yeah so. That, that's basically a story. It's a World War One movie about the horrors of war, about a young young people going into war with, with rose-tinted glasses and thinking, oh, we're going to be heroes. It's going to be great fun and all that. And then, obviously, like in most wars, becoming a little bit uh, jaded, uh, you know, PTSD. And, and just that's it, really. It's like a change, you know. It's like a change, isn't it? It's from innocence to just, you know, hmm. horror and things that shouldn't be seen and things that shouldn't be done. So, yeah, so that's, that's basically the story. OK, feelings on it. I thought it was very well done. Obviously, it was dubbed. Um, so, and there's a scene at the end where they're coming towards, because it's towards the end of the war when they're coming to the armistice, where um, you've got like a, a general on a balcony saying, you know, well, we've got this, this, we've got to do the last charge, but we've got to get as much ground as we can before. And it's just like, and you can see the look on their faces. It's just like, why? <laughs> do you know what I mean? In the 11th On the 11th hour... Of the you know the eleventh day, that's when the armistice and there's like about an hour left. So, oh, uh, we got to go and get as much ground as we can. And of course, it's obvious what's going to happen, you know, yeah. with, with that. Um, so yeah, uh, this film, yeah, it was it was it was pretty good. It was um, there wasn't anything really new that I've, I've seen. And obviously, and I think there were a couple of scenes towards the end with I just I just, just mentioned a couple of bits which I thought maybe it was for effect, but I I couldn't really see. You know, let's just say flamethrowers. And I know there were flamethrowers, but not like hundreds of them. Not like, you know, not like um the Empire Strikes Back type of thing. So there were a few, I had a few issues with it towards the end, with like t- some of the tanks and some of that, it was a bit CGI. But I guess that was just purely to say the horrors, you know, people getting squashed and burnt and what have you. So, but yeah, so I would have to say this was a pretty solid war film. I quite enjoyed it. Nothing really new in it from anything before. Just a, another a retelling of the horrors of World War One, I, I think. So yeah. So I would give this a, probably a three star,
0: just right.
2: a, a pretty standard. So not like not like amazing <coughs> or anything
0: like that. It's nothing new, nothing exciting. So. So yeah, well, so, that... so so you see the thing with this is that this is a title that I know. I know the title All Quiet on the Western Front, but because it's it's a famous chat title, but I never knew anything else about it. I never knew whether it was a I book it... or whether it was a film and then yeah. when I found out that and I think when this film was what came out there was a big deal made about this being a German version of the story. Yes. So so was the original story German? Yes. Yes. See, I never from knew that. German
1: perspective. Yeah, and I think it's in translation. I've got a copy around here somewhere. I don't think it's right here. But yeah, I have got a copy. I say I've got a bookcase next to me. I'm thinking, it's not in this bookcase. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> it's, um, but it's... Uh,
2: yeah, it's, I think it's been made, like, two or three times. I think
0: there well, yeah, like, about, uh, about three movies, three other movies of it, so... I'm yeah. pretty sure there was one that did a whole bunch of things at the Oscars, like, in maybe the 50s or the 60s or something like I that. I
1: think this has been nominated again. I think this mm. particular version has been nominated, I heard, on the radio. But yeah, I think it... Yeah, it has yeah. had an impact.
2: Yeah, How many okay. versions are there? I think there was one made in, in something like 1923, which
0: was actually, uh, yeah. I think well, that was, really. yeah. I wouldn't be, wouldn't so, be surprised. Not, not I
2: mean, yeah, so, yeah, so
0: it's just it's just one of those things that, um like the fact that this was made in German, and people were making and I was like what oh it's actually a german story i never yeah, knew yeah, that yeah. so so a bit like a bit like i want to dance with somebody and you find out all this music i think even the fact that i'm i'm all for i'm all for cultures reclaiming stories from hollywood and if it's a german story that has never actually been filmed in germany in german then i'm like yeah all for that so mm. oh, oh good for that All quite on the western front 3 and now we go oh yeah 19, 1930 was the first version 1930
2: oh, wow. so that wasn't too long afterwards really yeah. Um, yeah. So that was
0: that 1930s. Yeah. All right. So man, that that is weird because I thought of back to the have, Second World War. Yeah. I just they just, just, just have done. Okay, Germans bad. You're not allowed to have a German as a protagonist. You're never allowed. You're not allowed to do anything from a German point of view. So it's. I I find it fascinating that. Mm. That was made then. But anyway, um, let's move on. Let's move on to... Ah, and now we get to the cinema section. And this is what I'm going to call... I think this is going to be the B-movie. The B-movie section of cinema this week. (laughs) And We start off with a film that just has a a lovely, lovely B-movie title. I love the simplicity of it. I love the fact that this film is simply called... Plane. <laughs> plane 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 yes, plane. Okay, cool. All right, cool. <laughs> so so Sharon, Sharon, you and Sure saw this. Sharon, tell us what okay. is plane about? <laughs> well,
1: plane. Well, plain stars Jared Butler.
0: Gerard Butler! Gerard Butler! <laughs> he's, he's I, a, I, don't, I, feel, I feel like Jeremy Butler is now, he's now like a promise of a good time at the cinema. I thought, I <laughs> I thought I because I think it's a promise of a good time at the cinema. Yeah, carry yeah, on.
1: He is the pilot of said plane. So it starts off, it's set in New Year's Eve, but apart from references to it, it, that doesn't really mean a lot. It's just like, it's New Year's Eve. So I don't know why they made a big point of the fact that it's New Year's Eve, but they do. Anyway, there's a plane leaving... Singapore, I believe, um, heading heading across the Philippines, and there's all sorts of people on this plane who are heading back home, having sort of spent um, sort of Christmas away, and then they're just heading back for New Year. And so it's not a full plane because it's a and you know not a, so there's only about sort of 20 people on board with a, like a minimal flight crew, and you see Joe Butler sets up the scene that he you know he's flying home. And he is told by one of the airport staff that there is a major storm, but they predict that it should be a problem. You can just fly above the storm and everything will be fine. But if they And he says, well, why don't we just fly around the storm? And they said, no, 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 because that will cost you, you know, the airline a lot of money and time. It'll add an extra hour and a half to your journey. Plus, you'll burn another 28,000 litres of aviation fuel. You no, know, fly. This is your flight path. You're going to fly through the storm. And so, what happens? They fly through this storm and they, how it will help. Uh, so, they get hit by lightning, uh, engine fails, uh, you know, drama, drama, screaming, screaming. Oh, my goodness, what's going to happen? And then they actually drop out of this storm and they land on this um, remote, road, remote, really. remote island. And they find out, oh, that's OK, we've landed, we're all fine now. No one's been killed horribly in the crash. Uh, wow. Well, Someone did, but Someone, that's another yeah. story. But you know, it's, you know, we're okay. We're okay. We've made it. That was. Can and I just say
2: that that story Chairman was talking about is very, very incredibly convenient that yes, that it's particular convenient. thing so happens. I, I am going to get to the, the oh, right.
1: And so, um, and then they find out that this island <coughs> that they've landed on is part of like the Philippines, sort of you know, archipelago. I mean, there's there's hundreds of islands in the
0: Philippines. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. But yeah. this one is basically run by warlords and bandits that there's no government the army won't go there so they can there's no rescue coming um but on this flight you meet there's a whole there's a there's an englishman there's a couple of um foreign students there's a korean couple uh, there's there's americans there's there's a bit of everyone on this plane but yeah. there also happens to be a a fugitive from justice who is, was part, uh, he was a man who was in the French Foreign Legion. He was accused of murder. And he has been extradited by an air marshal back to Canada. Yeah. And and he is a man who's obviously a man with skills. He is yep. big. He's built. He's been the French Foreign Mike Legion. Mike Coulter.
2: <laughs> Quite convenient again. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, and then on and doing the kerfuffle when they were going through the storm, the air marshal um, got killed. And so we then have this dangerous future from Justice who is so being extradited handcuffed prisoner without
0: a guard. And yeah. so he um Uh okay. May may I, may I guess my guess something out here. My guess that okay, this this fugitive from justice may um, all or may not be all that it seems. He may not be as TV as you think he is and he may not be as bad as you think he is
1: because he's he's <laughs> so He's not been convicted. He's not. He was accused of a crime, and then he fled the country and he joined the French Foreign Legion. So we don't. He hasn't actually been convicted of anything. He's Thanks just so. there's this mm. allegation against him. Yep. So he's not actually a convicted bad guy. He's just he could be just misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. And so, <laughs> so we then have this situation where they're on this island, and then the bad guys, who are this sort of these bandits, these sort of warlords, who have a history of kidnapping foreign missionaries holding them to ransom, and if they don't get the ransom paid, executing them. They had then decided that a plane load of foreign tourists... ka you know, <laughs> And so they think, we need to get there, so then they have... And then, meanwhile, the airline, the, the, the company, is trying to locate where the line is, and they, they worked out where the... Um, where the plane has come down. And so they send, they can't get the military and they can't get their own people in. So they employ a group of mercenaries to go in and see if they can get them out. And then mayhem ensues. You know, you've got the bad guy joining forces with the good guy versus the, the, the very bad guys versus the mercenaries. <laughs> and then you've got mayhem shooting, screaming, running around, doing stupid things. And I mean, then see- some of the stupid things are that, you know, they they make choices that you think that's very convenient for the plot. <laughs> I don't know if that would be very convenient. If I was in that situation, would I make those choices? But but it's very convenient to, to make the plot work, you know, to do what I want to the script.
0: Okay, okay. So
1: instead of, like, going in a linear fashion, it's like, if we make this really random choice here, we can get to this place, and then we can do this thing. So it's almost like the plot is driving the story rather than human behavior. But I know Sean has got some things to say about that.
2: Huge things, yeah. Okay, this, go for it. Go this, for it, go. Cool. Okay, okay. That's, oh, mate, what I could do with this, I could murder this film in about, uh, well, <laughs> three minutes. But, yeah, so, I mean, okay, the idea's good, but it's like, it's there's no, there's no, oh, what's the word, not continuity, there's no, it's like they do things and then they think, how can you do that when you've just done this thing? You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yep. how can... So, oh, this is going to be thing. How can like you go for a storm lose every every piece of electric? Stuck so by lightning, to, so it that's yeah. your plane. So you've got a glide, and then later on you can put two wires together and whew, wow, <laughs> look, we got power. You know, oh look, we ditched we ditched all that fuel. Yeah, no, um, <coughs> and the, the bit it went. I thought okay okay i'll try and be forgiven I won't be too bad but then there's a bit where he's trying to communicate there's just like this abandoned building and there's a guy like i don't know that's sort of trying to sneak up behind him and hits him on the back with a rucksack and you know what I mean if you're gonna do something you're not gonna you're not gonna hit him on the back with a rucksack and then end up fighting them and getting oh so, yeah. you just go for, go for the head go for the so, head and like you you, you i mean it's and after that, I was like, oh, what? You've got to be kidding me, man. But of course, yeah, it's, it's just an action film, you know? And I mean, yeah. I suppose I should be more forgiving. And in then...
1: on the part of the bad guys is sort of, you know... Absolutely,
2: yeah. They're totally as assumed it. that they're, they're all horribly inept. It, it's that like that the just... other... It's like that silly movie, <laughs> The Olympus Has Fallen, when you've got, like, they make... Like, the SWAT teams and all that sort of stuff. And they're all there and they're all around. And they're trained as well, you know what I mean? But no,
0: well, the okay, that. You see now this is the thing I'll talk because it has Gerald Butler in it. I'm thinking this is going to be Olympus has fallen on a plane. Plane has fallen if yeah, you will. Yeah. If you <laughs> So so uh so so and, I, I And the worst one I got to say this one. The worst one was that
2: when the hostages are on the bus and oh I'm going to have to do this thing otherwise you just geez, oh. you know <laughs> what I'm saying is Oh, that really, really that <laughs> riled me up big time. That was, okay, I was like a okay. stupid, I, I stupid, <laughs> stupid
0: man. Okay, you le- not let me
2: do that. No one would do that. All yeah, right. Yeah, okay.
0: Sorry. Okay. Cool. Let me. Let me. Uh, okay. Because obviously, action movie, and the same way, it's it, it, yeah. you sound like me when I'm complaining about horror movies, yeah. and I say like, you know, I go play like, you know, why would you do that? Obviously, the only reason you do that is because you're in a horror movie, yeah, and I if you don't, don't do, do that, that, it, it doesn't I do understand it. 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 <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Be really over within five minutes. Like, <laughs> exactly. <don't open laughs> the door. Exactly. Yeah.
1: This film's
0: over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sensible people do not make for good <laughs> horror movies or action movies. <laughs> <want to> <laughs> so it's so. Um, so but what i was trying to do is like I would take this and I would like to compare it to a film that's absolutely ludicrous but a lot of fun, Con Air, which has a sort of similar premise in my head anyway. So, if you were to compare Plane to Con Air, how do they compare? Um okay, well, I think
2: to me Con Air didn't really take itself too seriously, um yep. whereas this I tried to take itself too seriously and I think it is. and and i think it did i put it in the yeah I, put it in, I think it tried to be anyway that's 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 what i think i mean conair was okay i think it's an overrated movie myself yes yeah. i think it's quite overrated it's one of my my overrated movies but yeah so but this okay i suppose this is what you should expect from gerard butler <laughs> Oh yeah, way. yeah. I mean, I mean I put this I class this in the Fast and Furious franchise, you know.
0: <laughs> All <laughs> right, and cool. So, so, Cheryl, we'll go with you first. How? What did you think? How many stars?
1: Well, I thought it was ludicrous but fun. I mean, I did think it was fun. I think there was a few moments where, like, you know they like. I'm gonna. This is my emotional bit. i um, This is my emotional scene. So you know, watch me cry, people. <laughs> and so I thought it was the ludicrous one. So I enjoyed it. And um, for all its faults, and it was had, it was riddled with them. I thought it was yeah, just a bit of fun and a bit of nonsense. So I would give it a three. It was okay. like, yeah, there's, there's no harm in it, other than the fact that you know you just got to turn your brain off when you're watching it.
2: Well, wow, that's it that's like a lot of them. Yeah,
0: yeah there should yeah, be, there, mean, should be a, there should be a rating on, on posters yeah, yeah. That just has like a brain with an X on it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be to, to be fair to it, yeah, it was an action movie, as I say, and and for all its stupid, stupid faults and everything like that, I did the the, the last scene reminded me of, like something out of the Wild Geese. You know what I mean? When uh, oh yeah, 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 with, yeah, like you know the Wild Geese, you know this scene yeah, the scene I'm talking about, yeah, yeah, with, like, and and the like, airport, yeah. With with like yeah oh yes so, yes yes I know, so I know Geeks, what you're the about, end yeah. scene it is you know like yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 to yeah. me I mean yeah absolutely hokum absolutely ridiculous ridiculous <laughs> but um I think I think for the action bit with the with the shooting when he's got the big I don't know what they call them big fifty caliber rifle shooting the blokes and sending them flying five hundred yards was was quite fun so you know <laughs> with those bits so yeah um. But daft, so I'll probably give it a three star, I think. Because yeah. it wasn't, I mean, I can't, I can't it's standard Gerard I Butler
1: affair. I could almost see them making, not sequels as such, but making them like sister films, because I think the, the the mercenaries have sort of, bit of mileage in them. And I also think the bad guy.
2: The bad guy, I'm, yeah. maybe cause...
1: might be misunderstood. I think there might be mileage in other films there. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see plain um, Flying again, you know, yeah, in a yeah,
2: different form. Too. Yeah, in a different I, I, form. Yeah, yeah, definitely, I, I, definitely I, I, franchise material. I, I, was, yeah. I, mean, I was listening. It's amazing I was listening. what you can do. It's amazing what you can do by putting two wires together.
0: <laughs> I was, I was listening to the Empire, uh, the Empire movie podcast, and they, they, they said, they said that they're going to be really disappointed if there's not two sequels to this film called Train and Automobile. <laughs> 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 Which I thought I was like, oh, I quite like that. But anyway, okay, cool. So now let's go off play. We are running over time, but never mind. We will get there. We go back to Netflix and Friends, and we go to a film called Do Revenge. I saw Do Revenge, and this is a film that is set. It is, first and foremost, it's a teen movie. But it's a teen movie that knows it's a teen movie. So it's set in a high school. And the whole idea is that at the beginning, you meet this girl, and she is in the high school but she's in like a very it's pretty much like a private school so think of like an american private school an american version of eton but it's co-ed so there's men and women in there she's going out with the most popular guy in the school but everybody else in the school is rich she's she got a scholarship so she came from she came from more shall we say humble means but she's managed to get to the point where she's almost like valedictorian there's a piece being done on her and some newspaper article and all that and But but um, her boyfriend at the time convinces her to send him a video and then she sends him this video and then this video goes viral across the whole school. Everybody sees this video. It's of an intimate nature. And that sort of brings. So she punches him. It brings him down. It brings him down a peg and she's she's kind of like on her last like if you do anything else we're going to have to kick care out of the school and this school is her path out of poverty out of the uh, out of um, what her and her mum because her, obviously in this sort of films there's always just a single parent <laughs> and it's always the mum so like you know um, the, the it's, it's her path out of it because she goes from here I'm going to go to Stanford and from there rest of my life is that's where that's where i make it for the rest of my life and so she is she she goes away for the summer comes back after the summer and everybody is like looking at her like oh she her fall from grace she was the queen bee of the school and now she isn't there and every, and she meets another student who has transferred and they end up doing this sort of strangers on the train kind of thing where the student who has transferred to the school has a vendetta against somebody else in the school and she's like look i can't do anything against the guy that that wronged me but I can take your revenge for you. You can take your, you can take my revenge for me. (laughs) That's where the title of the film comes from. Do revenge. So let's do each other's revenge. And, and this, this film is, it, it it gets come, It's very easy to compare it to some of the classic teen films like Heathers, especially like Mean Girls. Like, you know, that go into an American high school and just sort of dissect the American high school. There's even a scene in this where they talk about the fact that they they talk about the fact that when the new girl arrives at the school and one of them is like, I'll give you a tour. It's like, you know, you know what happens in every American high school? You have to go on a tour where you where you you very clearly delineate what the different groups are. So those are the jokes, those are the things. Those are the Instagram witches, all the kind And so the film the film knows exactly what it's doing and it has fun with that and one of my favorite lines in this film is where one of the, one of the person goes, she goes okay you're going to have to infiltrate these people oh, you know what we have to do and the other one is like oh no no please don't say a makeover and the other one goes we're going to have to do a makeover and she's like oh that's so problematic and the other one goes yes I know but it's so much fun <laughs> and uh, for me I, I, that's just so like it compares the, the sense of humor this whole film has it knows it's a teen movie It knows that there's tropes that you expect in a teen movie, and it leans into some of those tropes. But it it isn't saccharine. It isn't kind of like, you know, by the numbers. It has a couple of twists in there. Some of the twists I don't think actually make sense. I think they're just there because it's trying very hard not to be your typical teen movie and um, so it puts a twist in there that you wouldn't expect in a typical teen movie, but it kind of changes it by the end of the film. But I thought it was really good fun. It was a lot, it was easy to watch, and I think it's, even if you don't like teen movies, I think that there's stuff that happens in this film because it's quite, it's quite uh, clo- close to the knuckle. It's quite close to the knuckle, like, you know, things, whether it's, 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 it's not as gratuitous to say something like, uh, that was that show that Zendaya's in. Uh, that, uh, oh, can't Euphoria. Yes, yes, Euphoria. It's not like Euphoria where everybody's on drugs every five minutes, but it does touch on the fact that, like, you know, teens are a lot more sexually active and a lot more you know experimental with like you know substances that they used to be and all that but i just thought that this was done really really well i thought it was quite cleverly scripted i thought that the way the f- it was put together it zips along and it's it's just a lot of fun so i would actually mm-hmm. give do revenge a four out of five. Oh, wow would, yeah yeah i i would give it i would give it a four out of five i mean even if you do not like teen movies it is not necessarily that i mean the fact that it has that whole strangers on a train sort of conceit to it shows that they they know a bit what they're doing in this film. They have a little bit more it a little bit more sort of like cinematic ideas to it as opposed to oh I haven't got a girl boyfriend so I'm sad. So <laughs> it, it it definitely isn't whatever that film is that you watched that you hated um after. It definitely after. is not Yeah, it is definitely not after. This is (laughs) this.
1: There's about four of those films now. There's so many. I know. I know.
0: I know. No, this this is this is a teen movie of uh, of a different calibre. I would really recommend it. I would say go watch Do Revenge. And now we go back to um we go back to cinema. And in cinema we have Megan. We have Megan. Yes. We we have Megan. We have Megan now. This is with a
1: three in the middle. Yeah, with
0: a three in the middle. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, instead of a three instead of an E. Uh, and uh, my, not many people will get this. That means that Megan might just be Ghanaian. But... <laughs> <laughs> but, but Meghan would... other people would get that. But it means that Megan might be Ghanaian. But, um, Sean, so you've seen this, and oh, everything that you see about this film from the poster tells you this is a killer doll film. So tell us about it. Yeah. OK, so... So what, uh, what this is about is obviously it's a killer doll film,
2: like a lot of killer doll films, you can imagine. So... Basically, what happens is this young girl. She um, starts off in a car crash, or, or she get they like, get hit by a, a truck. Just it's a little bit. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So they get hit by a truck. Obviously, she's the only survivor. She goes. she got. She goes and lives with her auntie, and um, her auntie's like really into her work. She works on these like pet things for this this giant company which are making. <coughs> you know, Furbies basically. So like Fur- oh, yeah, yeah. Furbies and, um, but they've been working on her and a couple of her friends have been working on this, um, this, this other, like, you know, AI Android sort of thing anyway. So they, she decides that what she's going to do, because she's got to do all the work. She's going to use this Android and she's going to make, make it friends with, with her, her niece. So, yeah. and of course they bond with each other. So you've got an, the prime directive is protect <laughs> protect at all costs you know what i mean so so that's that's basically the story and then there's like scenes which you see in the trailer where you know there's a boy that likes to hurt and obviously goes if, if you've seen the trailer you know um, you know uh, what goes uh, on I haven't, actually, I, seen I seen haven't post- actually seen the trailer. Okay. I haven't actually seen the trailer.
0: I saw the poster of this film, and yeah. from the poster, I thought, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's my well, reaction.
1: As far as that, no.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you, Sharon. <laughs> I think you might actually should give this one a go because okay. it doesn't take itself too seriously. You know exactly where it's going to go. It sets you all up for because um, there's obviously straight away there's this thing that you think. Right, okay. So as we get towards the end of the film, there's this thing here that has been explained. You know what I mean? Oh, this is a the neurotransmitter and this was a early prototype and all. So you'll think, yep. well, okay, that's gonna come into play. <laughs> so we know that's gonna happen. Um and it's 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 like a comedy, really, to be fair. Um, but a very subtle comedy. Um and there's even a bit where the doll sings, you know, which is and people were laughing, people were laughing at this this film. It's um yeah, it was a real surprise. It wasn't like obviously it's got elements of uh, you know slasher picks and and your normal movie tropes when it comes to killer dolls and things. But uh, I, it's not like it doesn't. It you know what it is. It's not like it's not like trying to be clever. It doesn't try to be clever. It doesn't. It's it's, it's what it is. And I quite yeah. like that about this film is that it it tells you what's going to happen, and it's like you've got all the tropes of all all the other ones from like Saturn. Five and also three and and some of the other ones, killer androids, artificial androids. You know, she so she becomes more intelligent, she, you know, she has got the old Terminator things where she can, you know, like the Terminator with the yeah. Oh, so yeah, can, yeah, oh yeah 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 like the, the, head the head can judge head up yeah, display, yeah head, yeah, head head emotions and stuff like that, and like oh your heartbeat has increased. You know what I mean? And like <laughs> the different emotions and stuff. Yeah, why is you you know? And obviously there's people that are are quite um. 'Cause to start off with it gradually gets worse, you know. Turn yourself off, Megan. So like turn off and then there's the time. Turn yourself and she doesn't turn herself off, you know, she
0: becomes it, more self aware and more so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean I mean having having AI in a film never, never goes badly. <laughs> never. I mean, <laughs> I mean I mean oh, I it. Yeah, uh, Cohen, it, it's it's always it always ends up in like, you know, in a field and everything is like, you know, rainbows and sunshine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
2: yeah. So um yeah I mean I, I I quite enjoyed this one as I say it wasn't it wasn't horror it wasn't horror there was obviously um you do see like you know bits of blood but it wasn't like particularly slashery you know the gratuitous. you're, you're the saying gratuitous. you're saying Meg, Megan isn't Chucky Mes- Megan isn't Chucky I mean she probably is <laughs> she's probably as evil as Chucky you know and um yeah they got, I'm pretty sure there'd be a sequel to this somehow. I don't know because <laughs> because let's just say you know you know with all electrical intelligence like um, they don't Should die we through. say should we say in the auntie's house? You know, like um, what they like Alexa things, but like an advanced Alexa type thing. What you're oh, saying
0: yeah. is that this film ends with Megan <laughs> uploading herself to the fridge. Well, it does, so doesn't say, possibly, possibly, so,
2: so, so, possibly, possibly, yeah. We'll that's like so the so, last come, so come back, come back for the, come back, <laughs> come, come back for it's, the, for the sequel, Hot Point, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Hot Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. where, where a washing it, yeah. machine walks around <laughs> killing people.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I quite like that. I quite like that because you knew what was, you know, you knew what it was. And in fact, I knew from.
1: That's maximum overdrive, isn't it, with the Stephen King? Yeah, yeah,
2: story. <laughs> it is. As soon as you see this, as soon as you see this type advanced Alexa type module thing in the house, you just think, that's gone.
1: That's it,
2: that's it.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> you know, <woo-woo. laughs> like a BBA out of If um... only
1: they'd seen more cinema, they would avoid all these things, wouldn't they?
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of, it, it actually makes you feel that the people who are in these films have never actually watched a film before. That's the only way this works. It's that you've never actually watched a film before. So so like all films exist in this place when where films don't exist, essentially. And, and there's obviously
2: there's obviously what I call the Westworld moment. There's always a Westworld moment. Yeah. It? You know what I mean, which is, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was it was quite good. I don't think it was trying to take itself too seriously. A little bit of a comedy. So, certainly some, it was, that song was funny. That was so, you know, like a, <laughs> or, anyway. or,
0: So, how many stars would you give Megan? Okay. I'll,
2: I'll give this a three star one. This one. This was, this was a, okay. This was the three star one. Three this.
0: stars to go with yeah. the three that replaces the E in the name Megan. Name <laughs> Megan do do yeah. they ever explain why that three is there? Yes. Yes, they
2: do. Because it stands for, oh, what was it stand for? It actually, actually says, oh, it's a, uh, um, um, I can't remember now. Something. Anyway, it's, it's an acronym okay. for something, but I can't remember what it is offhand. But so it's <coughs> definitely, right, cool. you know, something like pre- uh, Android. Something I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, something like that. Megan. Okay, so I don't know but, what.
0: As I was saying, but the backwards three, as I said, does mean that Megan is Ghanaian, which means her name would actually be Megan. So no. <laughs> Yeah, because that's actually a letter in Ghana. But anyway, um, now let's go to a final thing, a final thing this week, and that is Pepsi, Where's My Jet? This is a documentary series on Netflix and it is based around the fact that, you know, whenever every now and then um, drinks companies do... I sure, I don't think I've actually seen one in the UK, but I know that I saw them in Nigeria all the time when you're growing up. So your Coca-Cola's and Pepsi's, which are the big two companies, they would do um, an advert. They would do a, uh, what's the word? Uh, a promotion. They'll do a promotion. Actually, I've seen Walkers do it here. Like maybe a new film's coming out. So they'll say, collect all these different things. Maybe collect all these different things. You can get stuff. And Pepsi did one where they had an advert for it, which was all about Pepsi points. So they would go and they would do... Um, they would say, Get all these different. Uh, if, you get, if you drink a whole bunch of Pepsi and you bring all the, the, the slips or the cans and everything here, you can exchange it to Pepsi and you can get like, you know, a Walkman or you can get a this and you can get that. And they had a TV advert to, to advertise this whole thing about this guy who gets all this stuff. He gets a leather jacket, he gets sun, sunglasses, <laughs> he gets a Walkman. And at the end, the final thing that said in this advert was they had a Harrier Jet. Like this kid arrives to school in a <laughs> Harrier Jet. And they said, 7 million points. 7 million points, get a Harrier jet. And this is all about this kid who saw this ad. And because they, the guys who made the ad did not have a disclaimer at the bottom that says, only for promotional purposes, only blah, 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 He said, hang on, there's no disclaimer. That means if I get 7 million point Pepsi points, they will give me a jet. And so he makes his whole thing in life about... I'm going to get that jet. And it's about this teenager who decides to go get the jet. And because he is a climbing instructor, he happens to know this millionaire. And this millionaire is kind of like, you know, think Richard Branson, like the kind of person who really is like, you know, I just want to stick it to the man and stick my thumb right in his eye and say, you guys, you corporate people, you don't know what you're on about. That <laughs> that, that, that kind of guy. That, 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 that corporate that's a, guy. <laughs> Well, essentially, the guy who's made a lot of money probably through something corporate, yeah. but hates everything corporate, <laughs> and and all he wants to do is like he hates Pepsi, and you you have this suspicion that he hates Pepsi because Pepsi has more money than him, so he wants to, he wants to take so, and it's all about what they do to try and get seven million seven million Pepsi points and drink enough to originally to drink enough Pepsi to get seven million points to go and get that jet and how they go through the whole point and they get to the point where they actually have it and they say, Pepsi, we have enough points. Where's our jet? And it goes into, a, into legal battles and everything because Pepsi are trying to avoid giving them a jet because they're like... Yeah. It was obviously a joke. And they were like, you say it's obviously a joke, but it, you didn't put in That's there anything fine. that said it was yeah. a joke. You didn't, put, you didn't put a disclaimer. And they speak to everybody. They speak to the people who made the ad. They speak to the Pepsi executives. They speak to the kid who actually did it. They speak to the to the millionaire who was bankrolling him. They speak to all these different people. They speak to Cindy Crawford, because Cindy Crawford was like a big Pepsi person. And she had, like her, her, her ad that was shown during the Super Bowl is still one of the most viewed ads of all time. And they speak to, uh, and they say, okay, what was Pepsi like at that time what was going on everything like there's even a bit where they go to the Philippines to find out if Pepsi have um, have like a track record of not keeping up with their promises And this starts out really, really engaging, really engaging. you're like, oh, what's going on here? It starts up like a bit of a laugh and everything like that. but the problem I had was that as it went on and on after a while you're like, okay, why are they still going on with this? It as a bit of fun, yes as uh, as to sort of show that you guys, you corporate guys, you forgot to put a disclaimer and so we're going to make you pay for that. Yes. But then it gets to a point where it just gets to the point where you're like thinking, why are you carrying on with this? And are you wasting
1: it, the court's time with this
0: or mm. whatever? Well, well it, it, it's th- there's this weird thing and I don't know whether it's an American thing or anything like that where there seems to be this conflation with, if I do this, I have achieved something in my life. And there seems to be a thing where Like, you know, people feel like, oh, I haven't really done anything in my life. I haven't put myself on the map. Oh, therefore, if I do this, I will be on the map and I will get something. And so much so that and it never really examines that or it doesn't really go into why these people are doing this. And it sort of peters out towards the end. So it peters out so... (laughs) it starts off really really engaging and really really oh my god this is so crazy i can't believe somebody actually did this and in the first couple of episodes you will be like i can't believe this actually happened i can't believe people actually went to these lengths but then as it gets towards the end i think there's only about four three or four episodes as it gets towards the end you're kind of like okay that kind of fizzled out and i could (laughs) almost see the guys in the edit suite thinking guys we need an ending we don't really have an ending and mm. so the ending they come up with is so down pat, and it's kind of like you know oh. I was talking about biopics, and like it's like yeah. uh, the the ending the ending they come up with is kind of like a that actually leaves a no no is that it <laughs> no yeah it, it is a, it is a real it's that it so I I think it's great I'll give it a three out of five but I do think that it is I do think that there's. There's more that could have been examined with it, but it's more like a sort of like a pop culture thing. But I still think that Netflix do really good documentaries, yeah. especially mm, about things that if you're not American, like I'm mm. not American, I wasn't in America at that time, didn't know about this. So I think it's quite cool. So that's three stars for Pepsi, West My Jet? Now, all that is left to figure out is for you guys to try and figure out who has won this week. Who won this week, cinema I, or Netflix and Friends? I, I think
2: with me giving the, the Whitney movie, just... So, I think cinema's picked it because otherwise it's all pretty much. Well,
1: I thought it was, the, I think it might be a draw because I know you had your four, but then, Tosin, you have a four. Oh, yeah, you uh, had a four. I about that. Program. So, it's but like the... I think we've had three or oh, equal threes and then one four on each side. So, I'm inclined what to think it might be
2: a five. I, I gave Matilda, Matilda a four. Matilda was a four. Four, yeah. So, that yeah. was two cinema fours. Oh, that
1: was cinema four. So, oh, yeah, mm. four. Oh, the cinema's got it. Sorry, I thought that yeah. was a four for a <coughs> Netflix film. Yeah. No, cinema's got it then.
0: Oh, Netflix also did have a four, but I'll, but we've been on here too long, so I'm just going to put you out of the misery and let you know. <laughs> this week, the winner <laughs> is by an average. Okay, let's put it this way: we had an average. We're talking the average of all the stars. One of these has three point two five on average, and one of these has three point three seven five on ah. average. Oh, cinema has pipped it. But cinema has pipped just it. pipped it this week. Um, um, I think on, largely on due the hall, to the On the whole, it's been it's Pretty. been a good week it's been a good there week there is nothing that we hated this week no <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing that we hated this, which good is good which, which, which is a nice welcome change of pace for us yes <laughs> like there's nothing that we even, it's, even it's a good st-
2: job we didn't talk about persuasion
0: I guess huh? yeah oh no, no okay <laughs> persuasion persuasion if, if you listen to this for the first time persuasion is a it's now a running joke it's now a running joke which Sharon will probably say that's, that's the whole film persuasion is a joke <laughs> <laughs> but but not a, not a very funny one. Uh, but, but yeah, uh we'll we'll do that next week. Hopefully by next week Holly will be back with us and then we can talk about persuasion, which Sean and I would have finished watching by then and we can come and join in everybody else's misery. So <laughs> until that week, until that time, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me.
1: And a goodbye for me.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us. <laughs>